0: This is the podcast, Putting on a Coat of Colors. This podcast is a community storytelling project of Coat of Colors, a council of Cathedral of Hope, United Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. Our hope is that this podcast will make room for persons of color and their white allies who were both gay and straight, to tell their joys and frustrations, to tell their sense of belonging and their sense of exclusion, to celebrate our uniqueness to the larger community, and celebrate our commonalities, and to invite members of the larger community to join in this purpose. Thank you for listening. Now let's get started. Here is our podcast host, Thomas Riggs.
1: In this first section of this podcast conversation between Julie and Cassandra, we learn how each one of them came to Cathedral of Hope and how they met and became friends in a small group at Cathedral, and it was because of that friendship that Cassandra, a straight black woman, felt comfortable inviting her lesbian white friend, Julie to a non-sanctioned book study about the book "I'm Still Here: Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness" by Austin Channing Brown. You should also note that there are three other participants in this podcast, specifically, two dogs named Harry and Luna, and one cat named Oreo. So you're going to hear the tinkling of the dog's name tags when they shake their head, they're panting while they're being petted, and the cat meowing in protest when being picked up. You see, everyone is invited to this podcast.
0: Hey, Julie. What brought you to Cathedral of Hope?
2: Um, probably a couple things. Well, the main reason is I moved to Dallas from Houston, yeah. and I needed to find a new church home. And I was uh, attending the Episcopal Church in Houston. And I asked my priest what would be good Episcopal churches in Dallas. And she basically said none. None. <laughs> Not No such thing? Not so much, but she told me which ones I should visit. But she said, I'll be honest, I think you'd be most happy at the Cathedral of Hope. So I did my Episcopal rounds and then um, went to the Cathedral of Hope. And, of course, I loved it. Um, mainly because they were offering the contemporary service. Mm. And that's kind of my bent. Mm-hmm. So... I think the combination of that and the beautiful place that it is caused me
0: to stay. The Contemporary Service was really wonderful. That was the first time I had been last Sunday. Yeah. It was really cool. It took me back to old times. Mm Mm-hmm. How about you? We, Thomas and I, were looking for a place to worship together because he's always worked at churches and mine was in Keller. And so I always just picked. It was like a non-denominational harvest church, a place for the kids where they could be involved in youth group and stuff like that. And so once one was gone to college, they were grown, and we moved closer to Bedford and here. That was a place we chose together. So John Arnie um, plays flute in the orchestra, and he had invited me over there one Christmas. So I got to see, you know, things go up and down and up mm-hmm. and down. <laughs> I got to see the big, the big fuss Um But in it all, it still felt like what heaven must be like. Mm -hmm. Everybody was there, and the day that I was there, the soloist had the dog, and it was just beautiful. So Thomas and I decided to go there. That was a place we got to choose. Okay. And
2: so, you know, you presuppose things about people. Yeah. Um, I thought the reason y'all were at Cathedral Hope was because Thomas had a daughter that is on the gender spectrum Mm -hmm. Um, but that wasn't it at all
0: no I know for him it was one of the first places he got to choose where he didn't have to work there and for me it was just it it was important for both of us that we had a church that we both went to I didn't want to go to his own church makes sense yeah what makes you happy about belonging to this church?
2: Well, kind of like you mentioned, um, it's diverse.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not not as diverse as I would like it to be, but it's diverse um, in age because... At the contemporary service, the, the mean age is much younger yeah. than the other services. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be around different generations, it's very important to me. Um, I also prefer to be not in a you know gay enclave, I mm. prefer to have straight folks and people who identify, transgender folks in all different ways, yes. and for that not to be an issue. Um, so I always say old people and babies are important <laughs> to me.
0: I never thought about the generational piece. I think the traditional service, I'm surprised that there's a lot of older people is what I see. So it's, it's nice when they used to bring the youth in for communion first to go up front to see all the young, the young people in there. Pre-COVID. That,
2: that Pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see more folks of color more um, um, Asians, you know, they have a Spanish service so I think predominantly the Hispanic folks go to that service, um, which uh, is great because I don't speak Spanish and I'm glad that they have a service that
0: is their first language. How long have you been attending? Um, three and a half years. I want to say since 2019 maybe for us? Well, we went
2: to the same membership
0: class, if you remember. You were in there. I keep imagining Lisa.
2: I connected with
0: your husband, yeah. the Swede. Nice. Um, over
2: my last name, I believe. Yes. Nice, nice.
0: And not the... <laughs> Yeah, the downstairs and the interfaith, but the upstairs and Mm -hmm. the interfaith, the big one. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. Yeah.
2: You invited me, I think, to the book study.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. I was thinking, um, we did that book study in the summer of George Floyd. Okay. Is when I first was introduced to to Austin Channing Brown's book, I'm Still Here. Um, and I was going on walks because we were all in, we were all locked up and locked yes. down. And I was going on walks and listened to that audiobook. And as it was happening, it was, you know, there were so many things happening. The movement, there were so many protests. We saw probably more calls for social justice you know like I think the New York Times said since the 1960s like it, because it was here and it was big cities and was small towns and then it was the world um, and so there was that little glimmer and also we were, in, look, we were doing Zoom for our small group because mm-hmm. we joined the small group during that period of time where we never even got to meet in person until way after so,
2: yeah. So I was thinking about that. I got—I guess I called the summer of protest. Um, I kind of have a, a, a storied history of protesting. So um, I did protest at the Women's <coughs> March mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. M- many uh, m- moons ago, and um, I have obviously marched for gay rights. Um, did an immigration march in Houston before I moved to Dallas Um, these are all peaceful protests Mm -hmm. and then that summer um, I joined a local uh, I live in Lake Highlands and the Lake Highlands um, high school kids put on a a Black Lives Matter um, march so I, I ran out and did that one with the kids which was
0: Wonderful. That's awesome. I heard about, I think, like one in 10 or one in 15 people went out to some form of protest or something during the course of that summer. Um, It was very liberating. And I think when I was listening to that book, there were so many things. I mean, we've, we made jokes about it, you know, a page 71 day, like a day in the life of Austin Channing Brown Mm -hmm. going to work and going about her normal day. But Mm -hmm. each chapter... There were so many things that resonated with me that um, I think I mentioned it in a Coda Colors meeting or some volunteer thing, and um, Pat was there, Pat Saxon and Pamela Mm -hmm. mentioned the title and then they were like, well, what's the name of the title, and then Pat read the book. And then later on, in conversation, she was saying, you know, this might be a good one to do a book study, and I thought, well, yeah kind of go for it. And she said, oh, no, you should lead the study. And I'm thinking, well, no, but I need, this is Cathedral of Hope. I, you know, the first Advent class I ever went to was with Pat. Um, I didn't know anything about Advent. So she gave me some COH cred, and we collaborated on that together. And then I asked her, do you think anybody will come? <laughs>
2: do you think anybody will join? And you were,
0: you know, I was so happy.
2: Oh, I, I would hope so. Um, that was a good That was a good group because it was a mixed group. Mm -hmm. Um, My motto is um, when I get invited to something, that I say yes. Um, Unless it's something, obviously, that I don't think would be in line with my values. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always am so um, grateful for the experience because, obviously, I... Got, met you got to know you better and, mm-hmm. and some of the other women in church and um, it's that thing, show up, just show up. Um,
0: so yeah, I was grateful for the opportunity. I was glad. I was glad we had the mix that we had, male, female, Latinx, white, black, it was really good. Um, Rosemary got me every time. You know, the learnings, the honesty. They there was really a are. safe space. And, yeah. um, everybody was open to it and to learning more. It was really a beautiful experience. I'm so, so glad. Yeah, and most of my us. experiences
2: at the cathedral have been that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are open and they're wanting to listen and think about things in new ways. Um, That's really, really important to me.
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of Putting on a Coat of Colors. This podcast is a community storytelling project of Coat of Colors, a Council of Cathedral of Hope, United Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. Cathedral of Hope is the largest predominantly LGBTQIA congregation in the world. Our church has a strong community presence and global reach through its online ministry. We self-identify as a church that is progressive, inclusive, and social justice-minded. You can find out more about Cathedral of Hope at www.cathedralofhope.com. In the Mission Statement of Code of Colors, we assert that, through faith, hope, and love, Code of Colors is a council for all people that seeks to decrease the cultural divide and increase a multicultural presence in the church and the community. You can find out more about the outreach programs of this group by searching Code of Colors on Facebook. That's spelled C-O-L-O-U-R-S. And request to join the group